Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. I did that and I got this picture of um, me just kind of desperately like trying to like cling to Jesus and like embrace him and like hug him. Um, And as I like get this image, I mean, I just, I'm like sobbing. Um, I'm not a big crier. So uh, if you were around me in that area, you probably saw that. But um, so yeah, I was just like overcome. Um, And then Ryan kind of brought us back. Um, he talked a little bit more, and then uh, he kind of challenged us to say, like, Lord, what's, you know, uh, kind of ask the deepest question of our heart. And so um, God kind of took me back to that image, and, and I thought, um, and I asked him, like, Jesus, like, if I embrace you, like, will you embrace me back? Um, I think that's something um, I've been thinking about in my own spiritual life, just um, does God pursue me specifically? And and love me. Um, so I was kind of in that image and like bent over, like snot coming on my face, like <laughs> sobbing, like a mix of like thankful and worshipful and also sad too, um, just a mix of that. And so um, the band, you know, started up again and I'm like bent over, like sobbing, like somebody got me tissues, thanks for whoever that was. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, I just, it was overcome by that, and then um, I felt um, Devin and my friend next to me, uh, their hands like on my back, um, and then um, eventually, like I sat up, and Devin's hand was just like pulling like me towards her, and just embraced me, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like a f- physical manifestation of um, what the Lord was um, kind of showing me, so. And Devin, you were kind of having your own experience uh, kind of parallel while this is happening with Emily. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Yeah, sure. Um, So I guess where I was coming into church that morning was I was kind of in this place of struggling to know if I could trust what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. I'd started going to the prophetic art group with Heather and was so readily able to trust what I felt like the Lord would say about other people, but for me, it was like, "Mm, no, I doubt that. (laughs) Um, And so I had come in kind of wrestling with those things. And so Ryan invites us to sort of imagine that we're sitting with God. Um, And I had this image of me just crying um, in Jesus' lap and him comforting me and just offering me like a space of rest. Um, And when he asked us to ask the deepest um, desires of our heart, I sort of asked specific questions relevant to these worries I was having about something that was pretty like important to me. Um, and I felt the Lord speaking into those things and kind of confirming his heart for me and that he really cared about the desires of my heart, but immediately I went straight to doubt, kind of in the same way that I was wrestling with things. And so I was like, God, like, how can I know this is you? I want to know if this is you. Um, and I felt the Lord say, ask me something else. And I was like, this is dumb. Um, (laughs) you're not a vending machine, this is weird, like, I'm not going to treat you like that. And I kind of felt God just invitationally say, hey, like, I'm just offering you this. You don't have to take it, but if you want to know, like, you're going to have to, like, step out and trust me. And I was like, all right, fine. Like, what does Emily need right now, specifically? Like, what does she specifically need? Like, I see she's crying. 
Um, we've been in a counseling program together. We've probably cried in front of each other more times than I thought physically possible. Um, but I am never, I'm not a touchy person by nature. Like it's, I can probably count on less than one hand how many times I would have offered like a hug to her when she was crying and she's one of my best friends. And so I felt the Lord just say, you need to touch her. And I was like, uh, that's not what I do. <laughs> and we're at church, so it's less likely that I'll do it in front of all these other people. Um, and so I felt God just say, hey, the same invitation, like, if you want to know if it's me, you've got to, like, step out and trust me. And I was like, all right, fine. Like, Emily won't think this weird. She likes touch. So I, like, put my hand on her back like this. And I felt God say, like, no, 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 no. Like, you need to pull her to you and embrace her hard and not let go. And I was just like, huh? <laughs> like, she's already, like, making a scene. Like, I'm not. <laughs> like, like, I'm not about to do that. Um, and again, I felt the same invitation. And so I was like, you know what, fine, whatever, okay. Like, I'll get over myself and do it. And so I pulled her to me and, like, wouldn't let her go. And I guess as we left here, I was like, I'm just going to see what Emily has to say about what happened. And she shared Afterwards, when she was like, I was asking if the Lord would embrace me, and the word that I had for her was embrace. I was just, I think, in awe um, of the Lord. So, yeah. That's so great. Um, I wish I could keep you guys on here on stage with me, but I'm the one with the notes. So can I pray for you guys, and then I'll talk for a little bit more. God, thanks for Devin and Emily, just their willingness to share a little bit, uh, just a small glimpse of what you were doing in their lives that night, that evening and just the bigger story that I know you're weaving into their lives and pray specifically just for Emily as she's learning more about what it looks like and feels like for you to embrace her and Devin as she's thinking about how can I just really trust the Lord to step out in faith and even step into things that may be uncomfortable at times. And thanks again for their willingness to go there um, and to trust you with that and then to share that with us. We're really grateful, Lord. Amen. Thank you guys. These chords. Um, well, I do want to talk a little bit more with you guys about community and what that looks like, because I want you to notice a little bit of something that was probably obvious, but I want to point it out what was going on there. And that is that God was working in and through Emily's life and Devin's life individually, but also in such a way that they could actually uh, meet one another's needs. They could actually uh, communicate from the Lord to one another. And so God was speaking and does speak to and through his people, not only as individuals, but also within the context of community. And so you see that individual and communal aspect come into play there. Um, I wanna talk a little bit about the importance of community. And uh, I'm gonna touch on uh, you know, about four different things that I think give us a little bit of a window into why community is important. Uh, there's a lot more things we could say, but one of those that I wanna note is that um, without community, we can get stuck in our own feelings, but with community, Others can help sit in it with us, and when the time is right, help us up. A great picture of this story, I think, from Scripture, we're not going to turn there, but just a great picture is uh, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So what happened is, just to give you a little bit of context, is Jesus was in a different place. Someone came and told him that Lazarus had died, and he went and he saw that Mary and Martha were weeping. Now, the interesting thing about that moment is that Jesus could have said, no, 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 don't cry. I can heal him. Don't worry about it. 
But what Jesus actually does in that moment is he weeps with them. It's the famous shortest passage of scripture of all time, Jesus wept, uh, the shortest uh, verse in the Bible. But Jesus actually entered into their pain and their grief with them. And that's one of the beautiful things that community can offer us is that people can sit in your pain with you. You're going to have pain in life. We all are. And the beautiful thing about community is people can sit in it with us. They can be there and enter with us in the way that Jesus did. And then ultimately Jesus, at the right time, he actually did raise Lazarus up from the dead. And so he wasn't mourning that Lazarus was dead. He was actually just entering into the pain of Mary and Martha, which I think is a, is a wonderful picture. Another aspect of community that's really important is that without community, we can actually have a distorted view of ourselves. One of the funny things that I do in the mornings, uh, he's not here because he's sick. I wish Ripken was here for you guys, my 12-year-old son, is if he's already out like reading on the couch, he's homeschooled, so he'll have to be reading his first book of the day, and I'm leaving to go to work, I'll go, hey, buddy, do I have any roosters? And I like turn my head around like this, and he can see if there's any like hair sticking up in the back because I can't see them, right, in the mirror, and he often says, Dad, you don't have anything back there. So I was like, thanks. So I appreciate that. Um, uh, so we can have this distorted view, right, because I can only see what I can see in the mirror. I can't see other aspects and angles of myself. And so community can help with that. And so with community, we can see our whole self. And I want to show you a picture of what this looks like. It's called the Jahari window. Wrong picture. Sorry, go to the other one. There you go. The Jahari window. Um, and this is probably something you've seen in most sermons, messages that have been taught. Uh, just kidding. Um, and so... <laughs> You can see this upper quadrant here. Those are things that are known to yourself and known by others. These are open areas of your life. It might be um, just the fact that you love sports. Like if you've been around me at all, you probably know I love baseball, you know, things like that. You just know stuff about me because you're around me all the time. Um, there's things that are known to you but are unknown by others. Those are things that you've chosen not to reveal, right? Not to hide before, before tonight. Uh, Devin and Emily probably hadn't shared that story with a ton of people, right? And so those were things that were unknown to us, not because they were hiding because they didn't want to tell it, but just we don't, we're not in that space in their world and what God's doing in their life. And so those are things that have to be revealed through self-disclosure. You have to choose to speak into people's lives, uh, to reveal those to other people in their lives. In the upper right are things that are known to others, but they're unknown to us. We don't know them, right? And that's a blind spot or a blind area of our life. Those are those things that like, I can't see the back of my head, so I don't know if I have those little pieces of hair sticking up in the back. I'm really self-conscious that I have them right now, by the way, because <laughs> I've mentioned them. I can feel them like, flopping around back there. Um, and so, so those areas, we all have them, right? Every one of us has them. And so we need people that are willing to give us feedback and, and can speak into those areas. And you see what happens when we're in the process of choosing to go deeper with people, choosing to disclose more, and we're choosing to receive feedback. We actually have an open posture, we begin to trust people, and we actually begin to receive feedback and have, have people share with us how they experience us and what they're doing. What happens is this unknown area down here, which is only known by God, it's unknown to us and unknown to others, that area gets smaller. And we get, to, we get a bigger and better picture of ourselves and how God sees us, the whole picture of who we are, the whole picture of how God actually sees us as those areas get smaller. And so this is a beautiful function of community. We're actually gonna get to hear a little bit of a story about that in a moment. Another aspect that's important of community is that without community, we can end up in places that we do not intend to end up. 
But with community, we can better navigate the storms of life. And a great story from scripture, again, we won't turn there, I'm just gonna tell you the story because it's familiar, is the story of Nathan and David. So if you remember David, the famous story of David and Bathsheba. So it starts off the passage in a really important place in that it says, in a time that kings go to war, David basically was on his rooftop. So David was a king. Kings are supposed to be at war. Where is David? He's on the rooftop, not where he's supposed to be, right? He's wandering around. And so what we start to see right there is you can maybe begin to form a picture if he had more community around him that could have said, hey man, what are you doing on this roof? Maybe things could have actually stopped right there. Maybe, right? What are you doing on this roof? You're supposed to be off at war if someone's speaking into his life in that way. But let's be honest, it's really hard for kings to have community. I mean, most of the kings that I know, they struggle with that. And so, because you're a king, right? So how do you have like community around you? Um, but we end up seeing this picture where a person who had journeyed with David somewhat was Nathan, Nathan the prophet. He had been a part of David's life for quite some time. If you remember all the different stories leading up to this point. And so what happens is Nathan is the one who actually comes to David. And by the way, I love the way Nathan does this. Nathan actually says to David, he tells him a story about an injustice that was done with a man and his livestock. And David is incensed. He's like outraged, right? Because Nathan knew that David didn't intend to end up in the place that he is now. I, I fully believe that. How many of us, when we actually end up figuring out that, oh shoot, I'm really screwing this up. I'm like, I'm, I've strayed from what God intended. You don't actually sit, you don't realize it, right? You kind of end up there sometimes. And that's what I believe it happened with David is he had taken a bunch of steps along the way. He wasn't at war when he was supposed to be. It didn't seem like that big a deal. I'm gonna take a break today, right? It's the fourth quarter. My guys can handle it. Like, I'm just not gonna go. So I can understand where David made all these little decisions and suddenly he's in this like horrific situation, right? And so Nathan is able to enter in and, and share a story with him that brings David back to know, oh shoot, this is not who I wanna be. This is not how I wanna be. This is the kind of thing I get incensed about. And David was brought back to repentance. So that's a beautiful picture of community and someone speaking into David's life there. The last one I wanna mention about the importance of community is without community, we will not reach our potential. We cannot, absolutely cannot reach our potential without community. But with community, we can achieve things that we never thought possible. Uh, I saw a, a wonderful image of this when I was in, I was recently in Buenos Aires in Argentina for a work trip and I had time to walk around and I came across this park and there was probably 75 to 100 bicyclists, just like this. And I have like a video of this on my phone and other stuff, but I want to show you this picture. And I had this image, these guys are like riding around and they're doing wheelies, they're like ride full speed, and they'll like cram on their front brake and just stop on their front wheel. And then I see this guy like literally standing on top of his bike, riding across. And I have this image of like, most of the guys, if they just rode through the park and no one else was there, can you imagine, they probably wouldn't have thought, I can probably stand up on this bike. That wouldn't be a problem. No, if it was me, I'd be like, there's no way I could stand on a bike. But then when I saw that guy do it, I'm like, Oh, people can stand on bikes and ride. It's possible. He's doing it. And so like, then you're like, your competitive side kicks in, right? You're like, I'm gonna do that, right? I can do that. And so that's another beautiful, important part of being in community is that when you hear stories like Emily and Devin that they shared with us, you're like, oh, they, they like, I don't know about you guys, but they seem really normal to me. They weren't like these strange, you know, like catching the vibes with sticks or something. Like they were like really normal people that God was taking through an experience and they heard God speak and they trusted him and they like took a risk and God worked powerfully through them to minister to another person and also to grow them in their lives. And so when you hear those stories, you're like, I can do that. 
I can actually, and so being in community helps us see what's possible, what God can do, and helps us, helps us grow. We also have this beautiful picture of community in 1 Peter 4. I'm going to put that one up. It's a little bit longer. And so let's read that one. 1 Peter 4, 8, it says, above all, this is actually Peter telling the church what it should look like for them to interact with each other. So this is giving us a picture of community. It says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Recognize that important weight that you have, right? If you're speaking to someone in community, you actually can bring the very voice of God into their life. That's important to feel that, right? That's really important. It's what Peter tells us we're doing. And if anyone serves, they do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever, amen. Uh, wouldn't it be awesome if community always looked this way? It doesn't always, let's be honest. One time I was actually had the privilege of going to a spiritual formation school with a guy named Larry Crabb, who's like a counselor, teacher. I got to know him a little bit. It was like a small group of us going through this. And um, there's a guy who wrote a book. His name's Philip Yancey. He wrote a book called What's So Amazing About Grace. It's kind of a famous book and it's about grace. And I remember talking to Larry and he's like, yeah, I'm in a community group with Philip Yancey. And I'm like, that's incredible. Like you guys are kind of like famous in the church world and all this stuff. I'm like, that must be so awesome. And he's like, no, it's terrible. It's so hard. And I'm like, wait, the guy who wrote the book on grace is hard to be in community with? Like, how does that even happen? But he started sharing with me that the deeper you go, the deeper you move in each other's lives, it gets really hard. Like stuff happens that you didn't intend and you hurt somebody, you offend them and everything else. But if we go back to the picture that Peter paints right here, it gives us encouragement to say, this is how God intends it, how he wants it. And the love we have for each other should cover a multitude of sins and should encourage us to keep pressing toward this idea that we're serving each other with our gifts, we're speaking the words of God to each other and we're loving each other. And so I just encourage you with that picture of community. And finally, uh, before I bring a couple of friends up with us uh, to end our time, I want to talk about kind of what I'm talking about is like the assessment of community. Sometimes people are going to speak words to you or they're going to say things to you and you're not sure, maybe. Maybe you're kind of thinking, uh, and this, you could teach a whole class on this. Maybe you're thinking like, I don't know, is that really from the Lord? Like Greg just said this to me and it wasn't sure. And so scripture actually gives us a few passages that helps start to point us in the direction of discerning whether or not this is from the Lord. And so the first one I want to read is 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 through 21. It says, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all and hold on to what is good. So let me unpack that just a little bit. When it says do not treat prophecies with contempt, what it's talking about there is that if Greg, who's my friend, comes to me and says, Paul, I, I believe I received a word from the Lord or, or I have something I'd like to share with you I shouldn't immediately put my walls up, right? That's, he's, he's offering something like prophetic. It's, the word just means something the Lord has for me. He's offering that. And so I shouldn't put my walls up. It says, be open, like listen to it, take it in. And then it says, but then test them because everything someone tells you may not be accurate. We've all made mistakes before. Uh, but then it says, hold on to what is good. And we're gonna unpack that a little bit more because here's what's important is that God's, the words from God will never shame you. They're never intended to put you down and to make you feel horrible about yourself. That's not the intent. That's not how God speaks with us. We're gonna unpack that a little bit more. Uh, James 3, 17 and 18, it says, but wisdom from above, so this is if something's coming from the Lord, if someone's speaking to you or any other kind of wisdom, 
We know it's good. We know it's from above. If it's first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason. So I might be able to go back to Greg. I'm gonna keep using it if that's okay as an example. Um, he shake his head no. He's looks so tired of this. If I could go back to Greg and say, Greg, are you sure? He's open to reason, right? He's, he's willing to talk a dialogue. He's full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so you get this beautiful picture of just kind of a gentle, but loving interaction that can go back and forth, right? When you're hearing a word from the Lord. And the last passage is 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love this passage because when the Lord is sharing something with us, a word from him, we're getting, maybe receive it directly, but in this context, we're not receiving it in the context of community. That is gonna produce freedom in our lives. That could be freedom from bondage or sin. It could be that they're pointing out something that you're doing that you need to actually spur on to do something, like turn and repent and go a different direction, but that will produce freedom in our lives. It could be an encouragement. It could be something that's like, you're doing great in this, like keep going. The Lord just saying, go after it, but it should always produce freedom in our lives. Because whether it's bondage to sin or an area that we're excelling in our lives or anything in between, God's intention for us is freedom. He wants us to experience freedom in him. I wanna uh, ask a couple more of our friends to come up. So Nicole, Becky, and John are gonna all come join us on stage. By the way, these stools, they're, they're high and they're also a little bouncy. I feel like Tigger when I get on them. I'm like, whoa, I can, this is what Tiggers do best. You know, <laughs> down further. Is that good? Yeah, that's better. That's great. Um, so I want to ask you guys just to share a little bit. Um, we've kind of talked ahead of time. Obviously, this isn't a surprise to me or to you. Um, Nicole's like, what? I'm going on stage? Uh, share a little bit about your story because I think it was there's some similarities with what Devin and Emily experienced, but maybe you even had more kind of communal aspects that wrapped up in that. So share that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a few years ago, maybe 2015, 2016, I was in grad school and I was living up in DC. And it was intense. I, my schedule was overloaded. I was working and going to school full time. And honestly, I was just burnt out. And at that point, I basically, in some form or fashion, disengaged from my church community. Um, I was being faithful. I was going every Sunday. I was paying my tithes. I was serving on teams, but I was in and out. And I was just so distracted and I had so much going on in life that I really disengaged. And whenever you disengage from your community, it's very normal for your community to sometimes disengage with you. <laughs> and, but the Lord was so sweet to get my attention, even whenever my attention and my thoughts were elsewhere. Um, like I said, I was going through some hard times with school and just work and just life, being lonely in a big city. And I was turning to some pretty bad coping mechanisms. And I got a phone call from my mother who, I grew up in a ministry home, so I was very used to being in community of some sort. And I get a call from my mother and she's like, hey, I just bought a ticket, I'm coming to see you. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not a good idea. I'm super stressed, I've got so much to go, going on with school and work and you know I'm like why are you doing this and she's like I just miss you I need to come see you and so part of me is yes I was very overran with all of that was going on in my life but I also knew I was not in a good place and I knew my mother as not only my mother but also as a spiritual mother and her discernment being so great 
that it wouldn't take too long for her to see through. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. Love you. I miss you. And so she came, and it seemed okay, just normal visiting. And about 24 hours after her arrival, she said, okay, I'm here because I had a dream. And she told me the dream, and at first I was like, okay, yeah, thanks. I knew right away what her dream meant and that God had spoke to her to speak to me and to get my attention. And I really, for all of about maybe six hours, I was able to just be like, okay, well, I'm glad you're here. You know, whatever, whatever the Lord's saying to you, maybe he'll reveal it to me. All the while, I'm like, I know exactly what she's talking about. And um, about six hours after her telling me the dream, I just said, okay, mom, I broke down and I just bawling, crying, telling her what's going on in my life even telling her some of the coping mechanisms. I was drinking way too much. And just to, to help myself go to sleep sometimes even. And she talked to me and basically had to come to Jesus talk with me and said, you have got to back get back into your community. Like really get back. Don't just go on Sundays and serve and, you know, be there and be in your leadership role that you're a part of, but get involved. And that conversation that she and I had she also was like, I want you to, so my cousin was the pastor of the church in DC. And she was like, have you talked to Damon about this? And I'm like, you know me, I haven't talked to anybody about this. And so she brought him into the conversation. We got him on FaceTime and he, it was just really beautiful that even though my attention was elsewhere and, you know, I was figuring out how to handle my stress. That's such a funny phrase, handle your stress. But the Lord was so good to use someone like my mother, who is a little bit forceful, um, to, to get my attention. Yeah, and I think it's cool that like your mom, I mean, she may have tried to fix it herself, but generally speaking, she was really pushing you back into your community because she saw that that's a place that, that God could really have a longer impact than just her visit, right, in, in your life. And so um, John and Becky, you guys, um, I know, have been involved in the community for a lot of years and um, just curious what your experience has been in this area of like pressing into community and hearing from the Lord and, and that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so I think about six years ago, right? Fall, fall of 2013. Um, we, we've been in this community for a long time and we were just coming out of a um, small group that was ending kind of a house church that was, we had been a fellowship with for about a year and was coming to an end. And at the same time, we had a friend who, due to circumstances in her life, uh, wasn't able to attend church on a regular basis and really was craving that. And so we saw it as kind of maybe an opportunity to provide her some fellowship. We thought, well, why don't we start having a weekly Bible study at our house and just invite some people and have dinner together and see where it goes. And so the schedule, basically when she was available is kind of when it dictated when this, uh, our Bible study could be. So it ended up being on Wednesday nights um, at seven o'clock. Um, people would come over. We would we usually would prepare a simple meal and we'd all have dinner together. And then it would transition to a time of um, prayer requests for each other and then Bible study where we would just kind of pick a book of the Bible and go slowly through it, very slowly. We're a very slow group. <laughs> um, and it was great. Um, it's always, the group has always been a mix of city beautiful and non-city beautiful people. Um, and at the beginning, someone brought, was bringing their dog um, every week. 
Um, and so we don't have pets at home, but this dog was coming over to our house every week. Um, and honestly, I don't think we realized at the time just how much the Lord was preparing us to, for our next season of life, which, it, which very shortly was um, trying to be in community with small children, which can be a bit of a challenge. And Becky's going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we had this group going for a little while, and then it was like, okay, now we're pregnant. Are we still going to have this group? I mean, life's about to change a lot. And it was kind of the question of whether we would still meet. But we were like, well, let's try it. And, you know, we're still meeting these people up until Zachary was born. And then I was like, well, I guess we could do this and keep keep going, keep going. We keep adjusting things. You know, we switched to paper plates and plastic cups and sometimes order pizza. Um, but six years later, we now have... Um, three children who are at the Bible study. There's another couple who brings not only their dog, but also their two-year-old now. We have two more dogs who (laughs) join us. Um, And so it's pretty chaotic now. But we have talked about how sweet that is for the season for us and that it would be really easy with two small children, we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old now, to just be like, life's too busy for that. You know, our kids go to bed at eight. We can't go anywhere. We can't be in anyone else's group. Um, and so it's really sweet that we still have this group that is willing to, you know, come to our house. We have dinner together with our kids, and then we put the kids to bed, and we um, are able to talk and pray with each other and study the Bible. And so we were talking about how, you know, it's right in the middle of our weeks. Sometimes, well, schedule changes sort of the beginning of the week. Um, but it is, it's always, even if we feel tired when the night is over, you know, if there's more dishes to do or whatever, and people are finally leaving um, at, you know, whatever time, we're always grateful. Um, and so that has been, like, I've really seen the Lord in consistency through that, um, in not only a way to serve people, that it is, you know, an opportunity to create this home environment for people to be able to come be honest and real with each other and, you know, get to know a small group of people, um, but also that it, it blesses my life, too, um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about that, maybe. Um, you know, you're talking about being chaotic. You're talking about being, like, challenging. You got, you know, dogs and kids running around. Sometimes maybe you can't tell the difference because they're just moving through so quick. Like, why is it worth it? Like, why do you keep going? You said you feel grateful. You feel this, like, what, like, wouldn't it be easier just to be like, you know what, this is just too hard? Um, I think, uh, honestly, a big, we talked about this too, a big part of it is our, our kids look forward to it. They love it when people come over once a week. They kind of ask, is tonight the night that everyone comes over? Um, so it's a sweet time for them. Um, you know, we were watching the video that was playing before. Our kids were in here when we were doing the run-through, and they were like, Juice! They see Juice, because Juice comes to our group, you know, just seeing him on the screen, and they're excited to see someone they know so well who's, who's in their lives so regularly. Um, but also, I think... Um, it is a fun group, but it's a sweet reminder to me that um, while I think the Lord honors uh, polished and, and perfection and looking really well, but I think it's a reminder to me that the Lord honors the chaotic and the messy and the not quite so put together, because we're not put together. <laughs> um, and it really is um, just seeing um, the things that are happening through um, kind of the mess of our lives. So it's pretty sweet. That's awesome. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Nicole, what about you? So you you stepped back into this, you know, through encouragement from your mom. I know you've been really involved in our community here. 
Like what motivates you? What, what keeps you saying, I need to keep pressing into this even when it's hard or difficult? I know you moved here and you had to find community. Like what, what encouraged you, what motivated you to keep pressing that direction? Because I've tried to do it the other way and mm -hmm. it's not any fun. Um, the encouragement that we get from each other uh, is priceless. There was a few weeks ago, or at the beginning of the year, I had to travel a fair amount for, for work and then some for my own things that I was doing. And I was out of community for about six or seven weeks. And honestly, it made me feel weak. Mm. I feel like that, you know, scripture even talks about, you know, don't forsake the gathering of, you know, the saints and all of that. And there's so much truth and validity to that because we come together and maybe we're not all having experiences like you guys had every Sunday or having someone on a weekly basis, you know, speak into your life. But it's for those times that you can just know that you're standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder with someone and that you're focused in on what the Lord is doing in each other's lives and in the life of our church community. And yeah, it's just, I wouldn't want to try it any other way because I have and it's not good. Thanks. And thank you guys for just being willing to share about the chaos and the mess and the challenges you've gone through and how community has been a part of that. That's a real blessing for us. So thank you. You guys give a round of applause for them, Sharon. Um, you know, tonight's really been uh, a lot of worship because we've, we've sang in musical worship together. And then I think when you see members of our community who stand up and they're willing just to say, um, you know, this is what's been going on in my life. Some of them are sharing pretty vulnerably. Um, that's an offering of worship to the Lord as well. Um, and we got one, two more things to do before we end the service is I wanna, I wanna worship the Lord through our giving. Um, one of the really important ways that we, that we worship is to, to give back to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, I, I offer this to you just in the same way that we've offered songs. And then you saw people offering their stories and what God's been doing in their life. And so if you have the, if you're near the baskets and want to pass those around, they're up front. There's also, I think, a, a, a text to give option. If we can throw that up on the screen, because I don't remember the number. It's behind me. Right there, there it is. Um, you can text, uh, go to citybeautiful.ch slash give or text to that one. And, uh, and just join me in worshiping in that way as well. And then we'll, we'll sing some more songs together. So thanks. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at citybeautifulch. We hope you join us again soon.